Okay, we're in a series called Divine Direction, and today's topic is wisdom, and hopefully you aren't as frustrated as that young man is in your decision-making process. Maybe what we're talking about today will help. <clears throat> we started a series last week. We said the decisions that we make today, decisions we made today, determine the stories that we tell tomorrow, or the stories you tell now are the result of decisions you made in the past, right? So if I talk about uh, my wife and I, we've been together f more than 40 years. <laughs> so it was a decision we made a long time ago, and that influences the stories we tell. So that's the first slide, please. <clears throat> Another way of saying it is this. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Financial decisions, health decisions, relationship decisions, whatever they may be. Now, we also said last week that especially the younger generation has um, difficulty making decisions. They're almost paralyzed at times. And one of the reasons is because there's just too many options. When I graduated from high school, I said, oh, I'm going to go to college or get a job. Uh, now there's just so many options. You can follow so many different careers with going to this school or that school or not going to school, do stuff online. It's just so many options. It's hard to choose. Um, the another reason is it's called illusion of perfection. And that comes along with uh, social media. Uh, when I grew up a long time ago, um, I didn't believe anybody had a perfect family. I didn't believe anybody had a perfect body. I didn't believe anybody had a perfect relationship. I didn't believe anybody had a perfect meal. Uh, but with social media, you can go online and see people that appear to have what? The perfect relationship, the perfect marriage, the perfect house, the perfect body, the perfect meal even, right? But it's an illusion. There's no perfection. But we compare ourselves in, in our house, in our lives, in our, in our bodies, uh, look lousy compared. So, again, it restricts our good decision-making. On top of that, if you're in a church environment, there's this concept of the perfect will of God, which is kind of strange. Some people think that God's got one person out there for you to marry. Now, let's just follow the logic here for a second. So, if one of you were supposed to marry Deb, and I married Deb, and you married somebody else, you ruined everybody's lives, right? It doesn't even make sense. Now, I believe God put my wife and I together. We both believe that. But if they hadn't, would our, our lives be ruined and, and other people's lives be ruined? I don't think so. So, we want to all grow in our ability to make decisions or our decision-making gift. Some people believe, as this person on the outline says, if you are a follower of Jesus, God will show you exactly what he wants you to do all the time. You never make a mistake. Hopefully you don't believe that, because it's not true. In fact, we don't always know what God wants us to do, and that's going to be part of my, my case this morning. I don't know who you put, like, after Jesus, as far as great people and spiritual people in history. But I think Paul would be up there pretty close to the top for most of us, right? Reason being, he wrote like half the New Testament. Um, 
So we're going to read a couple things that Paul said, and he's not going to be sure of his decisions. And if Paul's not sure of decisions he's making, how much more would you and I have doubts? So this is in 1 Corinthians 16, the end of that book, that letter. Notice the first word, perhaps. He doesn't, maybe, he doesn't say, I know. He says, perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Not where, when I go here, because I know I'm going to go there. I know I'm going to go here, but I'm not sure where I'm going, but wherever I go, you'll help me in that journey. For I don't want to, to see you now and make only a passing visit. So I have wants, I have desires. I hope, not that I know, I hope to spend some time with you. And then there's the word if. If the Lord permits. Now I don't know about you, but he didn't seem to be very, very certain about much of anything, did he? So if Paul's not certain of everything in his life, you and I can't be sure of everything in our lives. Then in one more verse, he says this. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door of effective work has been opened to me. So he made a decision to stay there, not because God said he'd stay there, but God seemed to be working, so he decided, I'm going to stay here a little longer. But then he says something that almost contradicts that. He says, and there are many who oppose me. Now, if people are opposing you, what are you thinking? Well, I must not be, should be, be doing this, but sometimes it's just the opposite. If you're doing what God wants to do, you should expect to be, have opposition. Some of you may work with a bunch of people that aren't Jesus followers. Do they give you a hard time? In fact, I would be more concerned if they didn't give you a hard time. So he's saying, I'm going to stay here a little longer because... There seems to be some spiritual things happening. But on the other hand, life is getting tougher. And maybe you can relate to Paul. Maybe all of us can. See, God, does God show you your future? Think back. Just think back four years or five years. Has everything that's happened in the last four or five years, did you know ahead of time? Did God show it to you? Certainly didn't me. If he did you, let me know. I need to figure out how you know. And we think, again, God's will is going to make everything better, make everything easier. It should make it better. It's not necessarily going to make it easier. In fact, uh, well, the proverb says this. We make our plans. And we need to make plans. That's, that's a good thing to do. But the Lord determines our steps. We may think we're going to, this is going to, we're going to go here and this is going to happen Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Why? Because the Lord determines our step or our future. So how do you grow in decision-making process? We, we, reviewed la we reviewed from last week, we said a couple things. God's will is who before do and why before what. Meaning your character is more important than your job. You need to be a, represent Jesus well, whether you're washing, you know, toilets or whether you're the President of the United States. The job isn't as important as your character, your integrity, representing God well. So that's more important than do. And why? 
the, the motive is huge to God. Now, other people may not be able to tell, but your motives is huge, and that will reflect on what you do. We kind of made a little longer statement this way. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. So if I'm living a life, a, a, a life of character, a life of a, a Jesus follower, when I need to make those decisions what to do, I more naturally, if that's the right word, make that decision because the Spirit of God is, I'm open to the Spirit of God's leading, right? And then about, if you're driven by the right why, okay, I'm doing this because I'm serving people because Jesus came to serve us and I'm supposed to be like Jesus, so I'm going to serve people. Then you'll do the right what's. You'll serve people, right? So today's summary statement is this. God doesn't always show us specifically what to do. He doesn't. Give you an example. When I got up today, God didn't tell me to shave. I just decided to shave. didn't tell me to brush my teeth. I decided to brush my teeth. I ate breakfast. God didn't tell me to eat breakfast. I decided to put these clothes on. God didn't tell me to put those clothes on. So God doesn't always show us specifically what to do. But he'll give us wisdom to decide. So hopefully this is a wise choice of outfit as opposed to maybe an unwise choice of outfit. So decision making is huge to God. Wisdom to mid decision making. Give me an illustration from the Old Testament. Some of you know the story. The third king of Israel was a guy by the name of Solomon. He was David's, one of David's sons. He became king. He did this huge sacrifice, this extravagant worship. He sacrificed like a thousand bulls and a bunch of other animals. Just, just in his worship, extravagant worship. And um, God came to him a dream and said, hey, Solomon, um, kind of like the genie, you know, you get one wish. What, what, what's your wish? Uh, do you want me to uh, make you rich? Do you want me to make you powerful? Do you want me to destroy your enemies? Solomon, what do you want? You know what Solomon said? Solomon said, no, I don't want any of those things. I want to be a good king. I want to make wise decisions. Now, I'm thinking this guy's already pretty wise, right? If he was wise enough to ask for wisdom. So he asked for wisdom. God says, okay, since you asked for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you the other things also. So, uh, we believe Solomon wrote Proverbs, so here's something he said. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. That's what he had decided even as he, as he became king. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If I was to ask you what's the wisest thing to do, <laughs> for you to do, would you say get wisdom? Solomon says that's the most important thing. Those of you who have lived a little while well, maybe not as long as me, but you're not uh, young, young still. I bet you've all said this. I wish I knew now back then. Right? What are you saying? Well, I've gained wisdom through my life that I have now that I wished I would have had when I was younger because I would have made some better decisions. So I'm going to give you three key words in helping you in the right direction in your decision making or in your wisdom. The first word is this, walk. 
walk. It's an easy word to remember, I hope. And Solomon again said this. No, yeah, Solomon. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So what's he saying? Hang out with wise people. If you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. On the other hand, if you hang out with not such bright people, uh, decision-making people, I should say, making unwise decisions, you're going to make unwise decisions. They're going to suffer, and you're going to suffer. Basically saying, you're going to resemble the people you spend time with or hang out with. But some of you had no choice. Like I say, a lot of people at your job place may not be Jesus followers. So that's even more important that when you have options or choice that you spend time with Jesus followers. We say it doing life together, right? We talk about being in a, in a small group over and over again. It's critical for your wisdom and decision making to have wise people rub off on you, right? You'll resemble them. Resemble them. <clears throat> because logically speaking, who do you ask advice of? If you're going to ask somebody for advice, you're going to ask people that you have relationships with. So, if there's a person that's uh, wise, then you, hopefully you'll get wise advice. Hopefully you don't ask people that aren't wise for advice. Someone said this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who do you hang out with? Another way of saying that your mom was right. Right? She warned you about the people you hung out with. Some of us listened to our mothers, some of us didn't. Our parents, dad too. And those of you who are parents now, you are watching your friend, kids' friends, aren't you? Can't necessarily pick them for you, but you can influence them. And anybody that's had an area of success, it came by wisdom. Financial success, vocational success, um, relationship success. Areas of success. So, I um, told you last week, I, when I be finished school, I um, went to help this little church. And so they gave me opportunities to teach. I'll even back up further than that. When I was 18 and accepted a call into the ministry, my pastor said to me, hey, here's what you can, you can do. I think you can teach middle school boys. Talk about a baptism by fire. An 18-year-old teaching middle school boys. But that's not the worst of it. My youngest brother was in that class, and my cousin was in that class. Did my pastor have wisdom? Yeah, I needed <laughs> to experience that. And then fast forward again to when I graduated from school and went to this church. I, I, the pastor gave me opportunities to preach. And when you're a young preacher, you're not really that good at it, <laughs> like anybody else when they start out. And so these people were gracious enough to let me get up and speak and, and, and uh, hone my craft, so to speak, right? And I was a youth leader. Uh, and and I, I think I said this last week, I couldn't get a church to hire me. So I started working as a carpenter with Mel. Some of you know Mel. And so I was learning these carpentry skills. I was frustrated that I wasn't a pastor yet, but I was learning these carpentry skills. You know how my, my, much of my life I've used those carpentry skills? 
In fact, the very next year, that church built a building, Greenbrier Baptist Church. And Mel and I would do carpentry work in the day and work on the building at night and weekends. I've helped build all the buildings we built here. I've built houses. I've, all because I've learned from people. Even to this day, I do carpentry work with a guy named Richard from the first service, Queen. And I was doing some this week. And multiple times during the day, I came, Hey, Richard, <laughs> what do I do here? Somebody that is a success at something, you and I can learn from, right? So, walk with, hang out, learn from people that are wise. Secondly, ask. Ask. If you want to get wise, ask. Ask wise people, but ask and specifically, who, you need, who, who do you and I need to ask? James, half-brother Jesus, wrote this. If you need wisdom... Ask. All right? That's common sense, right? You need to learn something, know something, make a wise decision. Ask. But who, first and foremost, do you need to ask? Ask our generous God. And he will give it to you. He's not going to say, nah, I want you to just struggle along. God wants to help you and I make good decisions. So we need to ask him. And he won't rebuke us or insult us for asking. You know, figure it out. No, he's going to say, figure it out on your own. No, I, parents, those of you who are parents here, if your kids come, and, kids come to you and ask for wisdom, help in making a decision, you're probably elated, aren't you? Scratching your head maybe a little bit, but, but you're, you're elated. So you need to spend time with people, developing a relationship that you can ask advice. In this case, you and I need to spend time with God, and He's glad to help us when we ask. Of course, we all have wisdom right here. There's a lot of wisdom in this book. And you don't even have to be a Jesus follower to learn a lot, of, a lot from this book. So we can always go there. We always can go to, to God and ask. <clears throat> and practical stuff. Proverbs especially. Practical stuff. And helping you and I make wise decisions. Um, and we also talk about being like Jesus. Wise decisions are to, make, to be like Jesus. But one more verse, and we'll move on. But when you ask, all right, so there's a caveat, a condition. Be sure your faith is in God alone. All right, you ever pray for something, they'll believe God's going to answer it? When you and I pray, we need to believe that he's going to ask it. And when he asks for wisdom, we need to believe that he's going to give it to us. So don't waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. As I said last week, want what God wants. Those of you who are parents, or been parents, it's fascinating, when your kids are small, you're heroes in their eyes, aren't they? You can do anything. My kids would bring me broken toys and just knew Dad could fix it. I couldn't always fix it, but they thought I could fix it, right? And when they skin their knee, they come to Mom and know Mom's going to make it better, right? Then they get to be teenagers. All the teenagers have already walked out of here. And then all of a sudden, parent, your parents are idiots, right? Whatever they think, it's the, they believe the opposite. It's just kind of teenagers' years. And then kids grow up, become adults. And they experience adult life. And, 
And eventually they come around and think, well, my parents weren't so dumb after all. Right? I got a couple kids here, right? Parents aren't so dumb after all? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we like to be low-maintenance parents. And by that, I mean a couple different things. One is, holidays are coming up. We tell our kids, we'd love to have you for Thanksgiving. We'd love to have you for Christmas. But, you know, the ones that are married, you've got the other side of the family and, and so forth. So no problem with us. If you can't make it, we're good. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to make life difficult for you. The other thing is we don't force our opinions on our kids. Now, we love when they come to ask us, and we will share our wisdom with us, but we don't force our opinion on our kids. Low-maintenance parenting. <clears throat> Put on your outline. Jesus guides or leads, so that means our job is to do what? We say, following Jesus. Changing together, right? Our job is to follow um, thought about this, we were in Israel a couple of years ago, and we're in a strange country, in a place we've never been before, so we have guides showing us around. Not only do we keep us from getting lost and help us find the stuff we want to find, but they have all this other knowledge and information to share with us. So Jesus, the same way, he guides us, so we need to follow him. In fact, uh, the psalm says that. The Lord says, I will guide you. He says, I'll guide you. Uh, bring that up. <clears throat> Along the best pathway for your life. We talked about this past, this past week. The good is the enemy of the best. Sometimes we're just searching for something good. No, no, no. God doesn't want just good for us. He wants what's best for us. He says, I'll guide you, I'll advise you, and I'll watch over you. I thought of this illustration. I came across this illustration, actually. Though you have children... Somewhere along the line, you probably taught them how to ride a bike. Maybe they, they learned on their own or with their friend. But I don't know about you. I got behind the bike, and I gave my kids some instruction and hold it for a while and eventually start letting go. But I didn't let it go and let them fall over. If they started to fall over, I caught them, right? So I gave them some guidance, some advice, and I watched over them. And before long, they were able to ride their bikes on, on their own, right? Well, God does that for you and I in our lives. He guides us, advises us, and he watches over. He doesn't want us to fall. So, but what if? Well, no, God guides, God advises, God watches over. The problem with you and I is we're stubborn sometimes, aren't we? So he gives guidance, he gives advice, and you and I do what? Something else. So we walk with the wise, we ask God for wisdom. And thirdly, we decide. Decision time comes. I don't know how many of you are familiar with a movie back from the 80s called Karate Kid, but there's a lot of good advice. We're going to show you some real quickly. And there's a must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, get the squish, just like grape. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grape. So what is he talking about? <laughs> All right. Decide one way or decide the other. If we're 
indecisive, what happens? Eventually we're going to get squashed like grape. Uh, great advice, right? Um, safe to walk on one side of the road, safe on the other side, but not in the middle. Now, so what do you and I do when we don't have a clear word from God? We called it gray area in our small group. The gray areas, all right? What do you do? Well, God gives you freedom to choose, right? Seeking wisdom from him. Why does God give us freedom? Because love requires freedom. God wants us to love him back. He doesn't want robots. Somebody has to love him. So to have love, you have to have choice. And he wants us to say, I trust you. I trust you. Another illustration from Paul's life. Um, finally, he says, when we could stand it no longer, they made a decision. Right? In this case, to stay alone in Athens. If you read the text, there was an issue, and so they sent Timothy. Uh, but they decided to stay in Athens. They didn't say God told them, or God made them. They decided. See, much of your life and my life, God gives you and I choice to decide. Now, the first question that comes to my mind is this. But what if I make a mistake? I'm not always going to choose right. I'm not always going to be wise enough to choose right. Well, reality is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because you will make mistakes. That's a guarantee, right? But, Wise people learn from their mistakes, don't they? Want to do a little survey. So those of you are employed, if you got a job offer in another state, another town, nice place, and someone's going to pay you $20,000 more, same exact work, how many would you move? for $20,000. Let me see. How many of you? I didn't think so. I didn't get any hands first. All right. They're offering you $50,000 more. Same job. Nice place to move. How many of you would move for $50,000? Got a couple of hands. All right. Three, four, five, six. What if they offered you $100,000 more than you make right now? Nice place to live, same job. How many? Well, I have most of your hands up by now, I think. <laughs> now, why can you guys do that and I can't? Can I just go to a church because they're going to offer me $100,000 more than you pay me? Now, I've got to go where God wants me to go, don't I? Why is that? Doesn't seem fair to me. <clears throat> I've made some bad decisions in my life. So have you, right? We've, we've made some wrong. We've gotten some of them wrong. Is it good? Does the Lord leave us and forsake us when we do that? Go back to what he said in the psalm. The Lord says, I will guide you. Not just when you make good decisions, but even when you make bad decisions. We even have a promise in Scripture God works out all things 
better for good. Our mistakes, he can work good for those. He'll continue to advise, and he'll continue to watch over us. So, help. Or somebody's called it navigational tool. Wisdom is a navigational tool through life. So we need to walk with the wise, ask the wise, wisdom giver, God himself, and decide. And you and I can work at, walk in God's perfect will right now by serving him right now. Jesus didn't seek to be servant, but to, to be served, but to serve. So you and I can know we can be in God's will as we serve him and serve others. So thoughts, next step. What's the next step God wants you to take? Could be vocationally, relationally, financially, health-wise. What's the next step he wants to take? Just one. When will you take it? Don't raise your hand. How many procrastinators do we have? I said don't raise your hand. But <laughs> you can't follow instructions either. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. Uh, uh. So when will you do it? I said it this, a week or so ago. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. So you need to be in relationship with other folks who will hold you to it. Okay, God wants me to do this. Um, we're going to offer probably a financial class coming beginning of the next year. All right. I need to take that class. So I'll, I'll start asking you if I'm in relationship with you. Uh, did you sign up yet? No? Well, you need to sign up today. You and I need people to be uh, accountable to if we truly want to do what God wants us to do. So what's the next step God wants you to take? Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. We thank you that you desire for us to make best decisions. And, and, and you want to help us make those. In fact, we just say ask. Now sometimes it's hard for us to figure out exactly what you want us to do. We have your word. We have prayer. We have your leading. We have other people in our lives. And I pray we will trust those people that have more wisdom than us. And of course, the greatest wisdom comes from a relationship with you, Almighty God. We pray for anyone that's watching and that's here that's never stepped across that line, like that young lady we saw in the video. Trust Jesus with your life. Confess your sin. Believe that Jesus rose from the dead and his death paid for your sin debt and mine. And so we can have life in relationship with God, not only now, but for eternity. So I pray if God's made that of interest in your heart, that you would pursue that and make that decision. That's a big step on the road to the best life, the wise life. Thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you that you speak to us. We pray that we are not stubborn, but obedient. In Jesus' name, amen.